generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. You were dialed in to the Rock Top 50. <laughs> Such a grunty intro, eh? With Luke and Mikey. <laughs> a very special edition of the Keep the Change podcast because we're killing in the name of. Man, I have a memory of this song, eh? Back in the day, probably I must have been like 17 or 18. Well, I must have been 18 because you wouldn't go into town illegally, would you? And there used to be a bar called Globe Bar. Globe. Globe, yeah. yeah. And it had like stories you'd go upstairs to get there and I remember in there and this song playing and being young and like probably drinking Woodstock or something and uh, I woke up in the morning and the back of my neck was sore because I'd been thrashing my head to the song and I wow. pulled the ne- the muscle in the back of my neck eh? <laughs> fuck what a loser <laughs> they, used to, yeah, they call that a, uh, a rock cock eh? <laughs> what do they? yeah because yeah. you're just thrashing your head like you're sucking a cock <laughs> Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Good tune, though. There's always something to learn when Mikey and I get together. Mate, you've got something that you want to read out to us, don't you? Yeah, I do. And because I saw this on Twitter, right? And man, this one, like, it just made me, it hit me real good. So it says, let's say you make $50,000 a year. It costs you... $950,000 $950,000 per year to not know how to make $1 million. How much is that education worth? Answer, the difference. Yeah. Which I was like, man, that is so good, eh? Because that, I just think we talk a lot about increasing income and not being able to increase income apart from, like once you've got your attitude sorted, because that's the first part, the next part is access to information so you know exactly how you can do it. And I've found you often find by just trial and error and pushing and stuff like that. But these days, man, there is access to some pretty cool shit. And if it costs you, someone I actually had a message saying, hey, this course costs X. What do you reckon is that good value? And I'm like, well, if you make 50 grand now, this course is three grand and you end up making more than 53 grand, then was it worth it for the rest of your life for a one-off payment? Mm. Which is effectively what this tweet's saying, but using much bigger numbers that catch your eye. Yeah. And like, what is what is the cost for making sure that you go from earning $50,000 to $100,000? If you spend $49,000 on that, it's worth it. 
right? Mm. So I think it's a it's such a weird concept because we never ever think about income because we're so blinded by like assets and expenses. Yeah, all of this stuff um, and living costs and just everything. But if you think about going from fifty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars, and then the hundred thousand dollars continues. As a, as a minimum for the rest of your life, wasn't it worth spending $50,000 that one year? Mm. It fucking is, man, because that return, if you do it for 10 years, that's a 1,000% return. Yeah. Which is bigger than you'll get in the share market. Investing in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull up this old data that I'd like to reference back to to explain uh, income levels. Now, it was from 2019, so things have changed a lot since then. Yeah. Basically, at that time, 90% of people earned, no, sorry, yeah, 91% of people, 92% earned between $1 and $100,000. Mm-hmm. So 8% of people, if you want to make more than hundred grand in 2019, 8% of people can be your teacher. Because mm. likely, 92% of people don't know how. Yep. A lot of them will be on the path to, though. Yep. But let's look at, Let's blow our paradigm. So this example you just used is basically, you know, a million dollars. Let's just say, okay, $180,000. That's when the top tax bracket kicks in. It's now said that it's about 2.4% of Kiwis that earn over $180,000. Now let's say 260000 plus per year. But 0.78% of Kiwis back in 2019. So by the time you start getting to data at that higher end, it's probably around the same sort of thing. So mm. you've got about a... We're talking about basis points here in terms of the population. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 1% of Kiwis are going to earn over over a quarter million dollars mm. in your life. Now, if you wanted to make $250,000 mm-hmm. in your life, who do you think would be best to speak to? Somebody who makes $250,000, and they might be younger than you. Mm-hmm. They might look different to you. They might sound different to you. They might do something completely different to you. Is it them? Or is it somebody who's been in an industry for 40 years and they still make or they have never made $250,000? Who are you going to go speak to? Number one, baby. Exactly. Like, that is so simple. Yeah. You know, there shouldn't be a second thought. Because then what will most of us will do, though, is we've never made it to somewhere so then we believe that well it can't be possible Mm. because it isn't possible for me we go back to Roger Bannister he said fuck y'all I'm going to do a four minute mile the beauty is we now have the internet so you can go and you can go and have a look at what people are doing and you have LinkedIn so much good value out there you can go and tap on some of the highest executives in New Zealand yeah and craft a good message can we just like think about how fucked up that is like how cool that is like most CEOs of big companies or founders and stuff have a LinkedIn account mm. and, and you, you can, can message them you can message them it's like, so cooked like I feel like that ever in history has never been a thing it will change even yeah there's going to be at some point we're going to lose it right surely because yeah. well, the, the billionaires will get sick of answering the questions and shit yeah yeah that is so crazy to me that you are allowed to do that but that's always like the, like we talked about before, I won't make the phone call. Mm. 
Yeah, know? people people won't do it. Mm. We want to believe that these things aren't possible. And I think it comes back to paradigm thermostat info. Like you mm. said before, you just don't have info for that to be possible. Now, off the mic, we were talking about an example of if you said to a entrepreneur, you know, you've got, you make $200,000 a year. Do you think you could make $2 million a year? Mm. Most of them instantly would be like, oh, no, because they're thinking straight away, like next year, the year after. Yeah. But if you then say to them, well, do it over 50 or 20 years, like how would you do it? And people then will start to give you mm. the answers. Because you remove the time constraint. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look back and you go, well, okay, so if it's going to take you, let's just say you gave, we gave you 25 years to do it. What were you doing 25 years ago? What was your income? You should be like, oh, back in, you know, that I was making this. And it's like, well, look how much your income's increased from then to then. Mm. So maybe timing it by, te- you've already done it. Yeah. So maybe you can do it again. Yeah. But for a lot of people, we'll just get on the, the train of got to get a good job, good salary, and then basically just hope for a pay rise each year, right? And so that's where our paradigm and our thermostat and whatnot's anchored to because that's all we've known. And then we hang around other people that do the same thing. Then every now and then on the weekend, you might bump into, your friendship group and someone's like, oh, you know, I did this or I did that. Talking to Tama uh, Singh on the podcast the other day, I said, I asked him as a reel that will come out, what's the most you've ever made in one day in a property deal? Mm. And I think he made $109,000 in one day. Mm. You know, one day. And that's what you said on a podcast a while back. It was, okay, maybe you make hundred grand a year, but maybe how, how would you make it each month? How would you make it in a quarter? How would you make it in a month? How would you make it in a week? How would you make it in a day? Well, he's he yeah. he knows how. Yeah, and he might not be able to do that every day. However, given that he has done it once, mm. he now knows what he has to do mm. to be able to do that. So that would have completely reset his thermostat. So now it might be like, hmm, what was in that deal that allowed me to make one hundred and nine thousand dollars in one day? Mm. maybe I don't need to go after the $10,000 deals anymore. I need to go after the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. Mm. And I need to find the characteristics that are in those deals that are going to be there. And people who do make a lot of money are going to understand this a lot better. Mm. But think for your entire life, you've basically been conditioned to swap your time for a certain amount of money. And you go to university, say, or you get a trade or you do whatever, like the path is already there. You didn't come up with that path. Mm-hmm. You, you you got pushed into it and decided, okay, this is a good thing to do. And you can see the outcome that's down there. Mm. You can't see the outcome of, I might go down this one and see if I can become a top 1% earner and earn over $250,000 in New Zealand. That's not possible. Only one in 100 people do. No, no, it is possible. One in 100 do. We need to fucking find out from them how do they yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It's, a, it's an interesting thing, eh? And I think because I'm so big, so much bigger these days on increasing your income. I think like a, a year or two of focus and expense to do so is a small price to pay. I think if you earn a hundred grand and you want to earn two fifty, if it's gonna cost you a year's worth of learning and getting more focused and more I guess niche on a skill and being specialized, plus it's gonna cost you to do that. To make that kind of jump is worth every fucking penny. Mm. But it's so hard to see because it comes back to like the 25-year thing. Like, would you rather make that 250 for the next 25 years or just stay on your hundy? And if you're going to put a year or two's time worth into doing so, like, you can see if you start visualizing this in your head how stupid it sounds to not do it. 
Like it's like, oh yeah, fuck, I should definitely not stay on a hundred grand. I should put two years of effort into making sure that's two fifty. Mm. And or a million or whatever it is, whatever number you want to pick. And I just think uh we think so far away from that naturally. Uh I'm lucky now that that's like the only way I think, but there's definitely like a twenty five year period in my life where I didn't. Yeah, same. <laughs> you know, and it just it didn't even exist. If someone told me what I'm saying now, there'll be people listening that are like yeah, fucking wanker. That's not, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I got. I showed you a message. I got a message yeah, yeah, this yeah. week. You know, Mikey needs to get his head out of the clouds. Yeah. Fucking, you know, he's talking like this, and it's disgusting. Yeah. And like, okay, mate. I yeah. said, dude, dude, you build an audience. You yeah. go and teach people to stay down the other end. Yeah, like that's comfortable for you. Yeah, like you go and yeah, you go and teach them that. Yeah, we don't want to teach people that. Nah. There's enough of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's. When I spoke to the lads at Wally College, I said, how many of you got TikTok? Bang. You know, nearly every hand. And I, I showed them this data. And I said, look, now about one in 11 people in New Zealand, or maybe one in nine, make over $100,000. Mm. And they're all listening. They're just like, and I said, look, you know, if you think that you're going to fucking roll out of here and be a millionaire one day and make a million bucks, because that's the content you're watching on, you, on TikTok. Mm. I know. Because I'm looking. Yeah, and I'm like you got to remember, they're talking in American figures. You know how many people live in America? A lot more than New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, boys, the data shows us that only one in a hundred earn over two hundred and fifty k. Yeah. But you think you can go out there and be a millionaire? Was there a hundred in the room? Oh, there would have been two hundred and fifty of them. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's probably there's two pe- two people that were in that room. Yeah. Statistically. But I'm like, you're. It's good that you're getting those ideas, but you're going to have to find out how they did it, and you're going to have to think bigger than New Zealand and I'm like most of them are talking about businesses too that are talking about making that level of cash and then later in the presentation I said how many of you lads in here want to start a business one day one in ten I'm like well there you go like yeah gonna be very very tough it's interesting I reckon the next wave well I guess that's what the paid content is I was going to say the next wave of content is because there's so much content out there that is so valuable and can be so helpful like this and others um and value is one part so understanding and having changing your attitude and mindset a little bit but i think the next part or or what is currently being sold and what you pay for in a course is actually the implementation because that is the part that is once you've passed mindset and stuff like that the people are gagging for that next day Mm. and you you can find bits and pieces of it on YouTube, but that's the bit that's held back behind the paywall, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the $3,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, value then implementation are the two things that are huge. Yeah, but also, if you get access to that, like I said, if, you've, if, if I say, right, here's how to provide value in your specialized thing, and here's how to implement it, it'll take your income from 100000 to 500000 and I charge you three hundred grand for that. Is that worth it? Hundred percent, it is, mm. because you're going to get that return for the rest of your life. Yeah. So yeah, those things are priceless. Let's look at this from a different angle. So you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, well, lads, I don't want to make a million bucks anyway. So yeah, cool topic, but get fucked. Yeah. Um, which is fair enough, right? Let's look at it as okay. So whatever it is, let's take what you make at the moment, and let's say it is seventy five thousand dollars. Okay, so what is then the cost of you for the rest of your life having to rely on somebody else to pay you that $75,000 each year? Mm -hmm. And it'll gradually increase if 
you have mental health issues, you have physical health challenges, you don't have the money to be able to fix your pet uh, or to look after your child or to send them to the school you want or you're just generally unhappy. The government's coming to save us, but... <laughs> I'm still waiting. I assume they'll be knocking on the door any minute. You know, what is the cost of you knowing that you're not overly happy and figuring out how you can then make $60,000 on your own or in a job that you're happy in, where it might not even be what you currently make, but you then learn how to be in control of that. You claim some of it your expenses, it might decrease your total tax, so you might be in a net off better position because you have enough cash to do the things you want to do, you're happy, you don't have to go nine to five to somewhere you don't want to go to. So often Mikey and I will throw out big numbers and we'll talk about that because that's where our brains go to, but equally, don't miss the lesson by ignoring the fact that you may have a different why mm. or a different reasoning. And you might say, well, I don't want Lambos. I don't want flash places. I just want a life that I really love. Well, then the cost of not getting the education to figure out how you can get out of the life that you currently have that you don't want is that you have to stay there for a long time. Mm. And killing in the name of is killing off your current name to then create the one that you really want and to mm. create the future that you want so that you can go, fuck, you know, I am stoked. Mm, don't be a rock cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you end up with glow and globe bar <laughs> with Mikey <laughs> to two in the morning drinking Cody's twelve percenters. Yeah. Smacking your neck head and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh the price of that is priceless. Yeah. But that's because of how I have wired myself to be like. So yeah, I think um the scariest thing for me in in all of this is like if you've you can actually map out your life with almost like a, a pretty good accuracy if you've got PAYE, KiwiSaver, mortgage. Just go run the calculators. Yeah. You know, they all tell you what you're going to have when you're 65. And, you know, you can work out the average increase that happens in your industry and your wage and you can work out that. And there's actually like, you could have a spreadsheet spit out what your life will look like every week when you're 65. Yeah. So... I, I actually, it scared me because I did it and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and I thought I was being grunty at the time by buying rentals and shit like that, you know? And I think I encourage everyone to sit down on like a Sunday afternoon, get the calculators out, go and do that stuff and work out what it is and then decide if you're happy with it or not. Yeah, man. The example that I've used in Money Mail previously is, okay, you earn 100K, right? You pay your taxes, your KiwiSaver, and the ACC, and you're putting 4% into your KiwiSaver. So you pay 25 grand in tax, so 25 percent is gone. So you work a year, and a quarter of it goes to making sure the roads and the nurses and the teachers and stuff are uh, in yeah. check. And I mean, they're all like tip-top. So, and the teachers are stoked, and the nurses too. And then you pay 4% into your KiwiSaver, so you're going to be left with $70,690. Now, that's $1,359.42 in your hand. Now, let's look at the concept of save 10% of that. Cool, okay, let's save 10% of that. So you're going to save $7,000 per year. Fast forward 10 years, a decade of your life, you're going to have $70,690 plus $40,000 in your KiwiSaver. Really? Pretty grim. You want to swap a year? Like you want to swap a decade of your life for 110 Gs? Yeah, that's the way to look at it. Yeah. You're going to swap a full decade of your life for 100 grand. If you... That's what I mean by doing the calculation though because when I looked at it for me, I was like... Fuck, that's terrifying. Mm. 
Like, I thought my my paradigm and my thermostat was if I can get to a hundred k, I'm fucking gonna kill it, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. like I'm done. That's just me coasting to the finish line from there. And then when I actually started looking at these figures, I was like, oh. And then I was like, man, I'm saving more than ten percent too, and this still feels like it yeah. takes ages. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, I've never done the calc. Yeah. And. I don't think many people do because it's too scary. We don't. We saw the pushback on the calculation of your what your home your home costs you over ten years too, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, never thought of it like that." Oh yeah. fuck, we got to live somewhere. Yeah, and there's all, <laughs> all of this because no one's ever thinks of it like that. Mm. No one does, and and you know, doing the calculation on your income and how you're going to set yourself up is exactly the same. And let's just think, okay, let's look at those one percenters who make the two hundred and fifty grand a year, mm. and let's say, okay, so two hundred fifty k a year. And they put 3% in their KiwiSaver. Well, in their hand, for 12 months, they get 163K. Quite different, isn't it? However, okay, let's save 10% of that. Like, you're going to swap a decade of your life. You're still, you're going to have 30 grand in KiwiSaver and you're going to have 162K. What we need, what we're telling people here is we all need to figure out how to make 3 million a year. You got to think different. Like you got to be like, okay, like depending on what your goals are, right? Um, and and you know, equally, someone said to me about the home thing. Yeah, but you buy a home, you pay it off over time, you give it to your kids, and they will let you live there. Like it's a freehold home your family's now got. I'm like, mm. yeah, okay, well, like you look at the world differently to to how I look at it, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, data says that that's not what happens. Yeah, I've met one person in my life that has <laughs> told me that they've done that. The kids been it and fucking <laughs> go off to Europe and <laughs> yeah, waste yeah. all the money or, or leverage the shit out of it <laughs> yeah. to buy the flasher thing that they want. Um, shit, I might get my book because uh, I've got this data which is really, really cool which is it basically explains how that's a Where one way it, to mate? think. I'm on the way. Yeah, it's the blue book that I've got uh, up there with Luke written on the front of it, mate. And this comes from a book called The Psychology of Money and if you haven't listened to this, it's a really, really good book. I think the, the author is Kenneth Council. Now, in this blue book where I make notes of different things that I'm learning throughout the week, etc., and Mikey can see me uh, going through this, it says that in 1950, the average USA home was 983 square feet. Now, in 2018, the average USA home was 2,436 square foot. Whoa. Yeah. So, in 70 years, basically, we have wanted to triple the size of our home, effectively. Mm. Now, what do you need to be able to triple the size of your home? (laughs) Shit, man. I probably need to do more than triple the size of my income. (laughs) And you're going to need a fucking lot of debt too, right? And this is how so many people then get caught on the hamster wheel of... It's gigantic. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a really really cool book, and what it does is it takes you through. I feel like I can see the word Ponzi in there. What's that? Uh, New Zealand property in two thousand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, what it does is it t- teaches you about how behaviour is the key. Financial success is actually a soft skill. People make financial decisions based on experiences during their adult life and so history. True, eh? And then it goes through a couple of examples like Bernie Madoff who had the Ponzi schemes, uh, this Gupta person that went to jail for insider trading and they're examples of wealthy people who could never feel like they had enough. Mm. And if that's their behaviour then they're going to do bad shit. And it starts to show you so the thing then it gets into the goalpost. Uh, the goalpost will never stop moving for you. So master trying to get it to stop. That's the hardest thing for us because we're always like okay I earn more money now or I got given some money. My expectation of how big my home should be is now going to increase. So that's why that person's example of 
buy a home, pay it off. Your kids are going to live there as well. Yeah. Fucking perfect. Takes 30 years to do it. What's the problem, mate? Yeah, until like, it happens to you. Yeah. 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 Fuck, I've had that happen constantly. And then there's a saying here, enough is not too little. But yeah, I won't ruin this book because there is so much uh, in here. And there's example after example. And I've even written down, like, go back to this. Uh, track, track 10, this is interesting. Freedom, do what you want. Happiness comes from having sense of controlling one's life. And that, I know that because that's the journey that I've gone on through being in business. Fuck, I'm just looking at this book being like, Jesus, you love learning, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, sit- just, I feel like just taking a photo and being like, <laughs> it is impossible for Luke to fail in life, eh? <laughs> the state of this. So look at this. I've condensed the Girls That Invest book down into fucking one-page notes. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much chat GPT, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I've written a note for myself, psychology of money. I need to revisit this one annually. Yeah. And like I come back and I look at these things um, because I'm like, there are lessons in here that I, that I you know, won't... Want to remind yourself of. Yeah. And there's a cool saying, plan on your plan, never going to plan. That's a good one. Yeah. Risk is what's left over when you thought you'd thought of everything. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> they are good. Those are two yeah. very true things too. This, that first one is kind of like the, you know, you worry meaning you don't need to worry and yeah. you're constantly worrying because you know that that's how it works. <laughs> My orange pen bracket, the final line, no one is impressed with your possessions as much as you are. So true. No one gives a fuck. I said that on the How Think podcast, right? Like, yeah. you're, you're a dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do investments that help you sleep at night. So the, this book is just rammed full of the psychology of what's going on. And also there's a big piece in here about how everybody loves Warren Buffett. And he's like, yeah, but one of the main things that got that guy wealthy is that at 65, he kept investing for another 25 years. Mm. And so 99% of his wealth was created after turning 65. Yeah, everyone stops at 65. What do we get taught to do? Yeah. I get my fucking Kiwi saver out when I get 65, <laughs> boy. Yeah. That's when I'm retiring. <laughs> you know, like someone made that year and that number up 65. But yeah. life's completely changed since whoever made that number up. And yeah. it's like worldwide. I don't even know why we have weekends, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, who made that? It's just time. Um, setting my, uh, getting money and keeping money are very different skills. But... Um, yeah, yeah also gems in there, eh? Yeah, this is cool too. Often one thing can create huge results, i.e. the iPhone for Apple, for instance. There will be duds, but then you need to be there will need to be winners too. Gains come from a few percentage of our overall actions and choices. And Buffett even talks about that, mm. about diversifying and dailyo, but you'll have ones that will just outperform and that's the importance of diversifying. But the reason we got this was basically you know, as we earn more and get more cash and stuff, we then change our expectation of what we should have. So, you know, Americans have gone from 1950 to 2018 for their expectation. Average home, you know, 983 square feet to 2436. Basically I'd, tripled. Yeah, I'd say there'd be no difference here. But if we go back to our 250k earners, so you're a 1 in 100 percent chance effectively one in a hundred chance that you'll make over 200 well not chance you've obviously had to fucking figure out how to do it but you get yourself there and even if you paid all your taxes put your money aside for kiwi save you'd have 162k left and you save 10 percent of that after a decade of your life you'd sit there with 162k now i'd imagine that if you said to someone in a decade's time if they followed this and they didn't invest it they just left it in the bank and they came along and they said, yeah, I've been making 250K for the last year and I've got 162K to show for it plus my KiwiSaver. People people would be like, you fucking, what is that all? Like, for, oh, for what, 10 years, yeah. What have you been doing with your money? Yeah. People would judge the shit out of you. Yeah. But if you just apply that principle of like save 10%, people say, well, no, they'd be able to save more because they're not going to need that. Well, how do you know? They might have a child and then their thermostat goes from 
man, I always wanted to go to a private school. We could never afford that as a family, but I can now, so we're going to send you. Mm. Well, that's going to chew up 30 rack of that 162. Mm. Then you have a second child. Well, there you go, 60 of it too. You've only got 100K left to live on now. You're saving 10% of it too, 16K, also, so you're down to 80. Where are you going to live? Yeah. Also, man, like I met a, a lovely lady on yesterday, and man, like she's just doing everything for her family. Yeah. Really, really good earner. And just like looking after her mum, her dad passed away, so look after mum, provide property, provide, you know, cover expenses, and then son is trying to start up doing something, so been looking after him, even when he was overseas and everything, like it's really, like you don't know anyone's situation, eh? No. And I'll tell you what, it's a interesting one, because if you've got 250 coming in, trust me, you can spend it if you don't manage it properly, yeah. eh? Yeah, and that's yeah. a good point, I've written down here reasons, so... If we go back to the the whole point of this pod is basically like what's going to stop you doing something different to get a different outcome in your life? And mm-hmm. if it's, you know, wanting to learn how to make a million dollars a year, well, you've got to go and then find that information. You know, it's the, it's the difference between the, the 50 and the million. I mean, if you go and learn how to make a million dollars in a year, there's no fucking way you're probably going to go back to wanting to make 50K uh, per year. No. But But again, it might not be about that. It might be how can I get back in control of my income or doing what I want to do to make money rather than being told what I have to do to make money. Now, you need strong reasons for that. And that's where I think people don't get taught to go and analyze what those reasons could be too. Mm. And sometimes it might be material things to get you started. But then it could come from, I want to be able to retire my parents or I want to be able to pay for cancer treatment for someone in my family. You know, usually a reason will come along in our life and it will completely change our thermostat and what we're willing to do. You might get a knock on the door from someone saying, hey, we're going to evict you because we know that you're not going to be able to meet your mortgage repayments in six months' time. Mm. I said, whoa, 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 no, you can't do that. I've I've got a feeling, I've seen you, I've seen what you do, I see you go down to the pub on the Saturday, you come home, you're not doing anything extra, I've got a bad feeling that you're going to be one of those dudes or families that can't pay their mortgage, so we're going to give you six months notice, we're going to get you out of here, because I I can tell you're a risk. You'd be like, fuck you mate, I am figuring out how we keep this bad boy, Yeah. and that's going to, but that's not what happens in New Zealand, we wait till you can't pay it, and then we're like, hey, out you go. <laughs> we, yeah, we need to put a plan in place. You know, yeah. do you maybe we could look at interest only or whatever. But if someone said to you and gave you a reason, like, oh, could you please go and explain to your daughter uh, or your son that they need to start packing their stuff because we know that in six months' time you're not going to be able to pay your mortgage, so we're going to get you out now. Mm. We'll give you 24 hours, but we'll just we'll stand here and we'll watch. But we want to see what you say to your kids too. But like, fuck, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. But that would give you a strong enough reason to be like, I am not making like letting that happen. So. You've got to find like emotional reasons for yourself too yeah, fear to of want outcome, the shit. Man. Yeah. Fear of outcome has to be like, it's been such a good thing for me to hold on to in the back of my mind, eh? Like fear the outcome of not achieving what I need to achieve. Like if I, the 65 thing on, what is it, to 160 grand in 10 years. Yeah. Scares the shit out of me. Mm. Yeah. So... No matter which way you you go about that, if you earn two fifty and then make sure you save a hundred every year instead of ten percent, that will solve that solution. Or you can think, "Fuck, I need to earn more. I mm. better make a million. Whichever way you go, it doesn't really matter. But ha- it may, having the fear of that outcome, I think, is so important to hold on to and continuously be scared of. Eh? Yeah, because it it 
it, it makes you walk on water to stay away from it. Like you'll do shit. Mate, I've got so many slides in front of me at the moment because I'm working <laughs> on about I'm working on about like four different presentations. Oh, um, didn't like the like, special speaker guy say you could do one and do it really good? <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, just roll. <laughs> you're exactly right, mate. But I've got I've got here, remember that it's not what you make, it's what you keep. So i.e. investing, paying down debt, storing ammo. Yeah. Now a lot of business owners have one good month in business and spend like they've had a good year in business. Yeah, man. Now this applies to all of us too, because that's representation that I've got coming up for business owners. But when we're saying, okay, aim to make a million dollars in a year, your goal might not be. It might be, nah nah. I only save eight percent of my income at the moment. Mm. I'm gonna I'm going to try and save 40% because all of a sudden, okay, you say you make your 250K a year, et cetera, look at that, and you say, sweet, I'm going to save 40% of my income. Now, instantly, you know that that's a shitload more cash. So you're going to end up with 64 grand per year in savings. Now, times that by 10, you've got 650K sitting there. Yeah. What that, a difference, eh? Yeah. Far less scary outcome. So you might not need to go from making 250k a year to making a million dollars a year. You might go, no, no, I need to rechange what I'm saving. And yep. that's why I did that podcast about how to try and save 40% of your income. Yep. And obviously at the moment, you know, I had blow, some massive blowback and inflation wasn't even real bad. Then they're like, that's impossible. You've got no idea. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I do have an idea because I did it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you've got no idea how I did it because you've already given up on trying to figure it out. Yeah. And yes, you may not be in a season where that's possible, but when you are, fuck, you want to make sure. Mm. So I try and have that discipline of basically every time I get paid, I'm like, well, I've got no excuses not to at the moment, so do it. Yeah, yeah. And now the other thing, the reason I've kind of gone down this path as well is that I met with someone recently who has um, tens of millions of dollars mm. and they said to me dude like do you know how hard it is to save a million dollars in New Zealand and I'm like you know what mate like I fucking do because I thought it wouldn't be that hard and I'm like <laughs> working my face off thinking okay and I can just feel myself like taking so long to try and do mm. it to have a liquid million dollars and he's like mate you can't do it without buying or selling businesses like at some stage, mate, like you're going to have to just flip the switch in your brain to realize that you need to be buying and selling businesses and selling them tax-free to stack that million dollars in your account. Stop trying to save your way to having a million dollars in your bank account. You're going to waste a whole heap of time, mate. Just trust me on this one. And I'm like, yeah, yep, I know you're right. So now <laughs> I need to take more risk effectively to do that, right? But the the reason I say that is because that like that's what he's done. Yeah. And yeah. he's done, he's way ahead of the journey that me specialized in it, yeah, and he's done this and he's made it work. So his paradigm and understanding of what's possible mm. is completely different to mine because he's gone and done it. So he's just like, dude, it's so simple. You've got the answers sitting right in front of you. Just just start doing that mm. and just help them grow them and then sell them. You'll be able to store a million dollars anyway. Stop fucking around if you're trying to stack a million dollars and save you forty percent. <laughs> just go and buy and sell some businesses, mate. <laughs> and it's just like bang. So. You know, what he's basically teaching me is that I either I, if I really want that, I can carry on my path and I'll eventually get there, mm. uh, or I can do it faster, leveraging off how he's done it. And the education piece is the difference. Yeah, that's access to the information, what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But I have access to him. So now, if I decide to do that, I can do it faster because I can say, hey, what do you think about this? And he'll be able to help me rather than me just trying to figure it out for myself. Mm. So again, it's, it's very important to try and find people that are way ahead of you to find out what they can teach you. Yeah. And you then you get to decide, do I want to 
do does it mean enough for me to do that? Is there a different way I could go about it? I.e., we're just showing you talk for eighty percent of the time about increasing your income, and then dangle the one nugget. Oh, maybe you increase the route you save. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, you hadn't thought about it from that way. So. Think about reasons as well and the people that you can get around you and what information you need to be able to become somebody who does save 20% of their income, 30, 40, um, whatever, or whether it's increasing their income. Yeah, so I think the the two main things, I'm like, please put time into doing the math and then go and terrify yourself with the outcome because that is like, what was my old saying that I forgot? I forget every time. Nothing gets your ass into gear like a bit of fear. Yeah, yeah. And then it forces you to think. And it, it'll actually help you be like, ooh, there are some changes that need to be made. And if I don't make them, you know, and then you can you can actually take out a year of that 10-year calculation and watch it collapse as well. Yeah. So no better time to start than yesterday, eh? And, uh, you know, do the exercise right down at the top of the page, you know, what would it take for me to... 10 times my income mm. and just see what answers your brain gives you because man like I've got a card that I keep in my wallet and it's basically got different financial goals and one of them was to get to $400,000 of income and I've done this like years ago and I'm thinking like fuck that is you know that is just such a huge amount of money to earn in a year <laughs> but then I run the math and I was like god damn it you pay 150 grand of that tax <laughs> so much tax though. yeah tax and <laughs> And KiwiSaver, right? So you're then left with 250k in the hand. Yeah. Now, which is, what is that like? 20 grand a month, effectively. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously, if you're listening to this and you don't earn anywhere near that, you're like, that's fucking so much money. Mm. But like I said, you're then going to change your expectation of what you should have from your life, and so you can see how people very quickly then can earn that and be like, well, this just still doesn't quite feel right. But you've got to try and master like the psychology of uh, money says the the art of trying to stop the goalpost moving too far and that's mm. the importance of saving a high percentage of your income so that you're forced to live off of a smaller amount not leave yourself with like 90% um, to spend but interestingly I didn't get, in my first job I didn't get paid 40 grand a year so I've, I've figured out how to 10 times my income yeah yeah I was, I was $36,000 I think Really? Mm. First job. I wonder what mine was because I was pack and save. I've, I've got an old pay slip and it said I earned $5.65 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I so that works out too. But I have one tick of figuring out how to 10x my income yep. in, in a lifetime and that's taken a long time. Yeah. However, that now tells my braid, well, I, can, I probably can do it again like if I choose to and if I want that bad enough. So I could do the same thing right down at the top of a page. How could you make $4 million in a year? Your eyes are open, Luke. Yeah. And old mate told me the other day, he's like, just fucking sell a business, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Just good like Thomas Singh, 100 grand in a day. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's possible, you know? Like, it's a funny, funny game, eh? The psychology and stuff yeah. behind it. But honestly, I, for me personally, doing the sitting down, putting the time in, doing the math is, was like the easiest way to crush my beliefs because your eyes can't deny data. Mm. Like they, you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, those are the numbers. If I change from 10% to 40%, those are the numbers. Very, very different. Yeah. Income changes the percentage that way. Whoa, very, very different. Yeah. And what is the price you're going to pay for all of that? Let's yeah, roll. Yeah. And it doesn't just have to be like income that's then taxed. So I, I can tell you how to make $4 million. Like I know how to make $4 million in, in 
well, to get paid $4 million one day yeah. in my industry. All I need to do is literally scale up an accounting firm, hire heaps of people, get heaps of clients, get it to turning over, so sales of about $4 million per year, make sure that they're really well looked after. That could be a 20-year journey. Sell the fucking thing, for, uh, probably dollar for the dollar for yeah. the revenue. Yeah. For $4 million, I get $4 million put into my bank account and go, huh, I there figured out how to do it. Yeah. might take me 20 years, but it's still possible. Yeah, And that's because people have already done that, so it's not like something I've invented. I've nah, watched nah. it happen. So it doesn't just need to be about, like, how can I get my income that I earn, you know, it's it's how do you sort of get that payday if you want to explore like a massive figure it, to try and get your brain thinking. It really excites me, that stuff, because it's a bit unconventional. Well, that's exactly what I was going to finish on and just say, at the moment, a number of these topics we're doing is trying to like reopen your brain to abundance rather than scarcity. Yeah. Because everywhere you look for the next little while, you're still going to get like inflation yep. and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this is coming from dudes who two years ago we were like, oh shit, people need to start thinking about all, all of what's coming to them. You've got people lining up to get petrol because mm. it's going up in price. And where you were fucking talking about it for years. Yeah. And so now, like people didn't want to listen. Mm. You know, people were just like, well, life's pretty easy. And they were thinking abundantly because there was so much money flowing through the economy. Mm. Now that it's contracting and tightening up, people are like, oh, I'm really feeling that. Mm. But you don't want to waste too long of your life realizing shit. I shouldn't have let that impact me for too long. I still have to go out there like Taylor Swift and collect everyone's cash and put it back into my bank account. Billion dollars, man. So gangster, eh? So Gucci. Just. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, we are going on a pretty hard uh, paradigm shift movement at the moment, aren't we? We yeah. keep talking about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, good, though. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, where like, else are people going to get it from? Yeah, when I, whenever I hear like unconventional stories about someone that started something when the whole idea was to sell it in five years or bought something broken and, and like the income part in between wasn't really a part you know this person went and bought this business that wasn't doing too well for very cheap and the goal was to sell it for five million dollars in five years you know in that decision making process the income that the that the person who buys it was in earning during that process was way down the list of priorities. Yeah. So far down. Of course, it can. It needs to have that turn into something for it to be sold for value. But yeah, like it's an interesting, completely different way of thinking. Mm. So different. Like, yeah, I just, fuck, I love that shit, eh? Because <laughs> no one's thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, it's we, so different to what we get told. Yeah. So, yeah, think about what it is that you may want from your life, where you're at at the moment, and then figure out what the true cost of mm. of not getting that is. Yeah, if you could just get access, be to terrified that. of it. Mm. And you should be terrified if you don't leave a five star review because we're on the track to five thousand five star reviews. <laughs> Wait, what they told you? Now you do what they told you. 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 Now you do what they told you.